When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of AMA, where I'm going to be answering your questions. And by the way, if you want to submit a question, you can do that to AMA at impacttheory.com and just put AMA questions in the headline. And by the way, we have a 2019 resolution reality checklist. So make sure that you're sticking to your resolution, seeing it all the way through, and you're not just copying out as so many people do as January begins to wear on. If you want to download that bad boy, go to info.impacttheory.com forward slash resolutions. Again, that's info.impacttheory.com forward slash resolutions. All right. First question is from Meryl Waldo. I have an insatiable emotional hunger, yet I have no organized strategy for getting my needs met by my partner in a healthy way. When I am romantically involved, I oscillate between an anxious and an avoidant attachment style towards my partner. I get overwhelmed by my feelings and exhibit emotional storms when my needs aren't met. Curiously, I have a lot of fantastic balanced relationships with platonic friends, and oddly, I do not hold this unattainable standard for them. I listen to relationship theory all of the time and have been implementing techniques I've learned there. I've also been in therapy on and off for years and haven't been able to reframe this major issue just yet. I feel rejected and emotionally vulnerable. I would love to hear your advice and strategies on how to self-soothe, love myself, and not look to others for affirmation. Okay, so what I love about questions like this is there is is an amazing level of self-awareness and that level of self-awareness is going to really, really serve you. I think what you need to do is put into to practice some values, beliefs, and rules. Um, and right now, those are going to be more important to you than habits and routines. So the things that we pursue are the things that we really value in life. And so if you say my highest value in life, in life is emotional stability, then you're going to begin to look for ways to really improve upon that. And in those moments where you do it, you achieve it, you you know, had one of those moments where you would normally give in, you would have that emotional storm. And in that moment, instead of doing that, you stayed calm and you were better. I won't even say that you were perfect, just you were better than you normally are. Because you value that, because you repeat that to yourself, because you tell other people, hey, this is something I'm working on. Emotional stability is my highest priority right now. That is what I'm all about right now. My very identity is going to be wrapped up in my ability to do this. You're going to find that a lot of your um, emotional and intellectual energy go to finding ways to soothe that. And you'll actually feel that emotional reward when you do it. That is huge. And the huge reason that people don't stick with things like that is they don't value it enough to feel the emotional pleasure and the emotional pain when they either stick with it or not stick with it. So you can literally change your value system by simply deciding that you value something new, in this case, emotional stability, and then repeating that, putting that out in the world, saying it to yourself, and then 
sticking with that, making sure that you reward yourself and the naughty word, but it is absolutely fucking true. You've got to learn how to effectively punish yourself. Now, the reason I say the word effective is because you don't want to beat yourself into oblivion. You don't want to begin to diminish yourself by beating yourself up so badly and feeling bad when you make a mistake that it becomes detrimental to your self-esteem and all of that. But at the same time, when you fuck up, it should sting. And that's where I think a lot of people fall down is they don't allow themselves to sit in the fuck up. The reality is when you fuck up, You've got to own that and you've got to let it hurt. You've got to let it suck and you've got to really let that sink in and not want it again, but not to the point where it becomes detrimental to your self-esteem. That's the advanced class. I wish it were fucking easier than that, but the reality is it's not. So if you're able to do that, value it, tell yourself and others that you value it, and then pour yourself into effectively rewarding and punishing yourself, you're going to be able to get to the other side of that. But you've really, really got to start with your values. So, all right, do that. And I think that you will um, have tremendous luck. And then the other thing that I'll throw out there is as far as therapy goes, cognitive behavioral therapy, doing pattern interrupts, catching yourself in the middle of one of these emotional storms and recognizing how to stop it using mental jujitsu will be very, very effective. All right. Next question is from Nick Prohaska. You've previously mentioned the concept of rewarding and punishing habits. This is amazing. I did not know this was the next question. Uh, I find that punishing myself for poor habits comes naturally with negative self-talk. However, rewarding myself for good habits is a skill I want to develop. What are your top recommendations for positive rewards? More specifically, what are effective intrinsic rewards we can practice? Thank you. Okay, so here is the the big thing with reward and punishment is it's not like you're whipping yourself or uh, putting yourself on restriction or something like that. For me, it really has always been, as you said, an intrinsic reward. It is either I get to feel good or I don't. So right now, something that I'm fiendishly focusing on is cold exposure. So if you guys have been listening to me long enough, you know that I'm absolutely freaked out by the cold, that when I'm cold, I have the exact same physiological response that I have when I'm anxious. So being cold makes me feel anxious. It is a horrid feeling that I absolutely hate. And for years, I have avoided almost at all costs. And so after um, having Wim Hof on the show, I realized, all right, I got to suck it up. I've got to do this. I I was really blown away by his episode, by the way. So if you haven't seen that yet, go watch the Wim Hof episode. And that has made me committed right now. I'm doing at least 30 days of cold showers um, and I'm on day two. And uh, I've wanted an excuse to get out of it every day. And both days I have stuck to it and I know that I will not let myself out of it. I will do 30 days of cold showers. Um, and knowing that I don't want to feel badly about myself. So part of it is I'm saying it out loud. So I have that level of accountability. And then the other part is even if I wasn't saying it, I've said it to myself. So to feel good about myself, all I have to do is take a cold shower. And in the grand scheme of things that I need to do to feel good about myself, a cold shower is one of them. Now that is tied to values like I was talking about in the last example. So I value doing hard things. So that's the value that's driving this. My identity is that I do the hard things when they move me towards something that I want. So I've got identity and I've got values that are putting all of this energy into it. So then when I do do it, I feel good about myself. I just feel good about myself because I'm living in accordance with my value system. I'm living in accordance with that idealized version of myself. I'm saying, how would the idealized version of myself act? And then I act like that. And because I value that, because I think that's important, because I've spent years going on two decades now of really investing in becoming someone that I can be proud of, which is one of the biggest drivers in my life. I want to become someone that I'm 
proud of, that I'm quite frankly impressed by. And so there are all these little things, but hard things that you can do on a daily basis. And I will throw out a few that I think everybody can do on a daily basis that will have that kind of intrinsic reward where simply doing it makes you feel good about yourself. So you've got cold exposure. That's a big one because it sucks and it's not fun. Exercise, again, it's not fun. It's exhausting, but doing it is something that you can do every day. Um, And then diet, sticking to a diet, only eating when you say you're going to eat, only eating the things you say you're going to eat. Those three things, if you do those on a daily basis, you're going to feel great about yourself if you know how to build that value and identity into your system. So you're going to feel good anytime you act in accordance with the things that you value and the identity that you say that you want to have. And then you need to really take a moment to be like, I said I was going to do this. Like when I get in that fucking cold shower, let me tell you, as I'm standing there in the cold water, the way that I get myself through it is by, like David Goggins says, reaching into the cookie jar and saying, not many people are willing to do this. The number of people that are taking a cold shower on a daily basis are virtually zero. When you think about the total number of people that have the option to take a warm shower and are choosing actively not to do that's a very low number so i feel good about that i'm thinking about that when i'm in the shower and then i'm also thinking about it is a real value of mine to do things that improve my health and so i firmly believe that cold shock proteins the exposure to cold has a physiological benefit then if you dig into wim hoff's method and his theories and the things that he's been able to do like that is extraordinarily powerful to me so i'm also thinking about the fact that i value doing things that promote longevity i value especially doing hard things that improve my psychological and physical well-being so there i am again doing something that lines up with my values, the things that I care about. And because I'm doing those things, I have that intrinsic feel good about myself. So it's far more about the values and the identity than it is about like saying, oh, if I do this and I'm going to have a bowl of ice cream. Now, I have heard people use things like that where they might say, I'm not going to watch Netflix until I go have my cold shower or I'm not going to go to the movies until I've worked out for three days or whatever their thing is. But you can definitely, if you find that you're motivated that way, then you can set those things. My thing is that I get such a high from the just intrinsic being the person that I want to be and quite frankly, not needing the celebration from the outside world of really just doing it for myself when nobody's looking. Like one of the things that I take the most pride in is getting out of bed in 10 minutes or less. Now, I know for a lot of people, it's just not an issue. So for them, it's not something that they're going to be jazzed about. But for me, I have fucking struggled with that profoundly. And I lost years of my life laying in bed for hours and hours and hours at a time. And finally putting that hard and fast rule into my life is something that every day, every day I struggle with. And so the fact that I have like a 99.999% success rate of getting out of bed in 10 minutes or less, that makes me feel really good. And every day I feel good about that. And it's that first little hard thing. It doesn't have to be something excruciating, but that first little hard thing that just is like, yeah, I said I was going to do it and I did it. And there's no one there. No one knows if I'm actually lying about that, but I know about myself. So uh, building those things in so that you feel that I think is super, super important. But if you need something that is a tit for tat, actual reward or actual punishment of like, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. So I'm not going to, you know, watch Netflix or I'm not going to go to the movies or I'm not going to have a, a certain treat. You have to be a little bit careful with the food um, as you can really get yourself into trouble by making that your primary reward source. Um, But doing something that you like doing that is um, fun, enjoyable, and isn't going to hold you back in some way if you don't do it, 
Um, that can be a really powerful way. There's another thing that other people do. Again, this is not what I do. I've already explained what I do. Um, but where people will say, like, they'll set a weight loss goal. I'm going to lose um, 50 pounds in the next, you know, year. And if they don't do it, there's an automatic um, charity that they hate that's going to get money donated to them. So, you know, if they're a Democrat, they're going to say, I'm going to give an automatic, you know, $500 donation to the Republican Party if I haven't hit my goal by then. Now, of course, I could lie. Um, but that's been something that I know has been really motivating for a lot of people. So hopefully uh, one of those tactics works for you as well as identity and values has worked for me. All right. Jeff Jameson. Love the show and subjects. Keep it up. I'm an admitted skeptic of meditation, but can clearly see a pattern from the most successful people that they all meditate in some form or another. Thus, I'm absolutely remaining open-minded to really want to put 100% effort into giving it a real try. With all your awesome book recommendations, what books or videos can you recommend that will be great starters for meditations and even thinkitation as you do? Um, also, I really prefer something that isn't too abstract and has some clear and direct instructions on what to do, mental exercises, etc. Many thanks. Okay, so I'm going to fail you here. Um, um, the only book I've ever read on meditation is by Sam Harris. It's called Waking Up. Um, I would say that that's uh, from memory and it's been a lot of years, but that's like way more information than you need to really um, just get into meditating. But start the book. I finished it. Um, I thought it was a good book. I just don't remember thinking, oh, wow, this is all really useful and practical. I'm, I remember and, and I don't remember the book well enough to really get behind my recommendation here, um, but from memory, it was a little more esoteric. It was a little more philosophical. Um, so for just hardcore practicality of how to meditate, and I'll explain why I think this is the right way to go in a second, um, I highly recommend doing a YouTube search for Mark Divine Box Breathing. And that was where it all started for me. It is ultra tactical. He's telling you how to sit. He's telling you how to breathe. You can hear the music that he's playing. And I found that that was the exact thing that I needed to find the physiological response for meditation. And for me, that's it. If you're doing meditation right, in my opinion, it is doing one very simple thing. It is taking you from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic. It is very much a physiological response. I'm not... Um, practiced at many of the forms of meditation that people might tell you have other dramatic impact. But I can tell you definitively that if you learn to breathe from your diaphragm and to clear your mind, you will be able to rapidly transition from the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, to the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, um, also known as calm and creative. So that is, for me, was simply... Um, I put on headphones, noise canceling headphones, and I listen to the Calm app and I just play the sounds of nature. So if it's raining outside, I play the sounds of rain. If it's dark outside, I play a nighttime scene. If it's daytime, I usually play the ocean. Um, and there's something about those sounds, man, that I find really impactful. So I would say that's a major part of meditation for me. It certainly isn't a must-have, but wow, is it an amazing nice-to-have. So I put those on. I block out the world. I listen to that sound. Um, there's something about the sounds of nature that I find has a, a very interesting and unique effect on my brain. And then what I do is I sit cross-legged in an ultra comfortable chair and I breathe from my diaphragm. I personally breathe in through my nose, a brief hold on the inhale. I exhale. I just let it out. 
And then I do a prolonged hold on the exhale. And then uh, just again, in through my nose, out through my mouth. And I just repeat that four-part cycle. Um, I do not do what Mark Devine does, though I did try his method, which is four equal parts. I found that that made me feel a little out of breath, um, which wasn't helping me relax, but with a slight modification uh, to that short inhale hold and then the prolonged exhale hold, I found, whoa, it was a deep sense of relaxation. Now, if I'm really fucking stressed, it may take me 20, 30, 45 minutes to get into a really rad state, but I have found no matter what is going on in my life, if I meditate for long enough, and by the way, if I'm meditating for more than probably 10 or 15 minutes, I do uncross my legs eventually because they'll start to fall asleep. Minor point, but hey, uh, you might find that useful. Um, so it's all about staying super comfortable, all about staying super relaxed, and all about trying to focus on the sound that I hear instead of my thoughts. Now, your thoughts are going to race. It's going to happen. Um, but you want to focus on something. So that's why a lot of people will use a sound like ohm or whatever. So it gives them something to pay attention to. I also try to pay attention to the pleasure of each part of the breath cycle. So that is another thing that you can do. I find that when I really am returning to my breath, um, that that's when the thoughts begin to dissipate. I have far fewer of them and I'm really able to, to begin to relax. So um, I think that meditation is the one thing that I will say is absolutely universal. And if you haven't been able to find a way to trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, you need to just focus on that diaphragm breathing, watch more videos. I think YouTube is probably the right answer um, because meditating really comes down to how do you do it? It isn't like you need to understand it better. It isn't that you need to... Um, learn more about it from a philosophical standpoint. You just need to figure out how do you get in that calm, creative state? How do you slow your mind down? How do you control your breathing? How do you focus on the breath? Um, like those things, I think, come with practice. So the first few times I meditated, I didn't find it particularly impressive, um, but I could tell immediately from the time I started breathing from my diaphragm, I felt something different. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that breathing from your diaphragm is the key. Do it more. You'll find that you're able to more rapidly slip into that calm and creative state. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions, and I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing, and a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're going to have any hope of achieving your goals. 
Therapy can be an option for working through things. And for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, dot com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. All right, Chuck Rose. Good networking and surrounding yourself with great people often can lead to both formal and informal partnerships. What are some of the best practices to choosing the right business partners? Seems like there can be considerable upside to the right partners, but same can be said of downside with the wrong partners. Thank you. Okay, so dude, I'm a huge, huge believer in partners. And the amount that you can accomplish as a part of a team versus what you can do by yourself is is really astronomical. And I often hear that it's lonely at the top, but to be honest, um, I think that is a self fulfilling prophecy. I think that people get isolated at the top because that's just how they are in life. Um, They are afraid to share the ownership probably, which is why they're not able to equally share the burden with somebody. Um, And for the last decade at this point, I have had equal partners. So um, yes, that means that I've given up a tremendous amount of theoretical wealth, but I think in reality, it is just unequivocal that I would never have approached anything even remotely close to the amount of wealth that I've generated if I didn't have partners. And and that to me is just like the the most aggressive gospel truth ever. Um, So yes, like on paper, it's like if you think of it as, okay, if this whole pie had been mine, I would have created something, um, you know, significantly larger in my life. But the reality is, would you have been able to create it by yourself? In my case, the answer to that is absolutely not. So um, and now being business partners with my wife, I will just tell you that that has been an extraordinary journey. I think it's hard as hell. And I think that people really need to get their relationship right before they enter into that. Otherwise, it can be a total nightmare. But if you think of 
being in a business partnership with somebody exactly the same way that you think of a marriage, then you're on the right track, which means that communication is the absolute key, respect, trust, um, that that person makes you feel good about yourself, that they're trying to lift you up and empower you. Um, those are the kinds of partnerships that you want to be in. And when you have somebody that thinks differently than you, sorry, my son was about to throw himself to the floor, my furry son that is. Um, when you have somebody that thinks exactly the same way that you think, then one of you is completely irrelevant. So that's something to really think about. And I, I find that most of the time people are looking for a partner that's really an echo chamber for them. You do not want to do that. You want somebody who from a skill set perspective is different than you. Um, so finding that partner that has both the right match of skill set, they're good at things that you're not good at, they want to do things that you don't want to do, and is somebody that you can get along with that is trying to lift you up, that has a similar mindset, their growth mindset, and all of that stuff is just incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and treat it like you would treat a marriage. So by that, I mean, um, not just all the things that I just said, but also date before you get married. So don't um, partner up with somebody that you don't know at all. Like you really are going to need to rely on that person when you're at your worst and you need to be there for that person when they're at their worst. And so you need to make sure that you're prepared to be emotionally invested in somebody like that. And so getting to know them is absolutely crucial. And I would highly recommend you each taking personality tests so that you understand each other. You know what their love language is. Um, you know their communication style. You know what they value. Do they move towards things or away from things? It's not like one is better than the other. It's just you need to understand. If you're both moved towards people, then you may not have somebody that's going to anchor you because as you get hyped up and that person's getting hyped up, there might not be anybody there to point out the dangers. Conversely, if you both move away from things and you're, you have aversion personalities, then there might not be anybody creating opportunities. So, um, yeah, you, you really, really have to look at that stuff. And the thing that I touched on earlier that I'll just take a second to really, um, talk about is making sure that you each do different things, because if you're both doing the same thing, it's going to get very, very frustrating. So uh, making sure that just like in a good marriage, you're talking about who's responsible for what, who has final say on what, especially if there's only two of you, there are going to be a thousand times where you are deadlocked and you need to have the, um, the rules of engagement for what you do when you've hit that deadlock. And, and for anybody that doesn't care about business one way or the other, I would just say every word out of my mouth applies to marriage as well, or, or just a, a relationship. So making sure that you have all that stuff mapped out. I think the thing that people would find really crazy about Lisa and I, both as business partners and as, um, husband and wife is the ridiculous nature by which we talk about things. Like the clarity is so absurd and people be like, wow, that conversation is really fucking awkward, but it is so just clear. Like, how do you want me to treat you when you're angry or frustrated or upset? Like what diffuses you? And we have gone through a thousand scenarios like that. I actually keep a list of questions of things that I want to know. Like, how would you respond in this situation? What do you prefer, this or this? Um, we do this a lot on uh, relationship theory. We talk about, which, by the way, if you're not listening to, get on that shit. Um, and that show, I think, has a lot of really usable advice. Um, and one of the things that we do is um, we just do would you rathers. And so we talk about, you know, would you rather this or this? And it's fascinating how if you're really asking these questions and taking the time to get to know your partner, like every conceivable question you can imagine, 
It is so, so, so powerful. And then having rules of engagement, defining terms that's big in both business and relationships. And here's the one that people don't think about in business. You got to talk about relationships or excuse me, you got to talk about emotions. You've got to talk about how you feel. And it's shocking to me. I remember, God, my business partners and I in the last company, we had been working together over two companies and I don't know, probably six or seven years before the first time that I ever talked to them about my emotions, how I was feeling. And I felt so weird. I was like, this is so bizarre in a business context, but I have to tell you how that made me feel. It didn't make me feel good. And once I was able to talk openly about how things made me feel and they were able to do the same, then it was like, we really began to progress from an emotional level. And every problem that we ever had stemmed from not communicating effectively, not really addressing problems early and often. Um, And again, it's just the same things in a marriage. All right, so that's my advice on that. All right, this one, ooh, it's a long one. Here we go. From Anonymous, I am reaching out to you for your guidance regarding my brother. Two years ago, he underwent brain surgery for a large brain tumor. Every three months since the surgery, he has had to have MRI scans to track the regrowth of the tumor. He has moved back in with my parents and his life is on hold. Every three months, he waits for the MRI results. He has become very depressed. In some areas, he is strong. He researches and controls his diet. He practices a strict ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting, which the doctors have attributed to his recovery so far. He trains to the level he can, although he fatigues quickly. This attention on diet and health have been great focus for him, but he has no social circle or romantic partner, and he has communicated to me that this causes him sadness. I'm worried that he will fall deeper into the darkness of depression. I'm aware of the link with brain trauma and suicide, or depression and suicide for that matter. We are very close and have frank conversations. Should I broach the subject... Um, of suicide with him. I've been apprehensive so far. I wouldn't want to give him ideas, although they are probably already there. One other aspect is that we both live on either sides of the world. So even though we speak often, I am not there to physically support him or give him a big hug. And this breaks my heart. Any advice you could give as to how I can help and support my baby bro would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all you do. Um, All right. So let's just start by acknowledging this is a brutally difficult situation. Um, And I, yeah, I totally feel for both your brother and for you. Um, And the reality is you absolutely should talk about it. You're unfortunately not going to put an idea in his head. Um, If he were to commit suicide, for sure, it would not be because you brought it up. It would be because he got into a depressive spiral and was unable to pull himself out. And remembering that that depressive spiral has everything to do with wiring in the brain that's happening and the neurochemical state and has absolutely nothing to do with topics of conversation or anything like that. This is, um, you know, one of those things. Look, you obviously could exacerbate it if you were cruel to him and you were bullying him and haranguing him. I don't want to say that there isn't like there are things that um, you could say that wouldn't have an impact, but simply bringing it up, especially coming from a loving place. The thing that I worry about most there is just that he's going to brush it off and he's not going to lie or he's going to lie about it, not be honest about what he's going through. And I once saw this incredible image and it said what suicide looks like. And it was just a person uh, smiling. And I thought, fuck, that's so true. Like, it's so rare that somebody wears their depression on their sleeve. Um, oftentimes it's hidden. They're not going to want to talk about it. Okay. So what do we do to make sure that we're there and supportive? I think that talking to him is huge. I think asking him, how can I support you? What could I be doing right now that would make you feel the depths of my love and appreciation for you? And just making him put words around that so that you can understand 
and knowing that sometimes just being there for somebody, being a, a happy voice, being somebody that's uplifting and talking about rad shit and fun stuff and not just always dwelling on that. Cause I'm sure that at some point it's like, fuck, this is on my mind all the time. And having this three month cycle of having to go in for the MRIs, like I think about this shit all the time. And so getting him to say what he wants from you, because it may be, I want you to be the one person that doesn't ask me about this shit. And we just talk about other stuff. Or it may be, fuck, I've no one to talk about this, but you. And so I know I'm going to be dragging you down, but just know me being able to talk about my Ross, most naked fears without you feeling like you have to fix it. Like that would be rad. So figuring out what exactly he needs, let him feed you that. And just staying like ultra on top of that communication of being honest, being aggressively honest, making sure that you're creating that platform for him. And then listen. So if he's telling you that, you know, what he needs is just for you to listen and not try to solve it, then just fucking listen. And I know that people always say, oh, guys just want solutions and girls just want to be heard. It's not always true, man. I know there are definitely times in my life I'm fucking Mr. Fix-It. Like I want answers. And there are just sometimes where I tell Lisa, I just want you to listen. Like, let me get into a flow. Let me fucking bitch. Let me get this out. And then it's like, once I've got all of that out, then maybe I can listen to an answer. But right now I need to process this shit and I need to process it verbally. So that's what I would be doing. I would just be figuring out how can I be there for you? How can I support you in a way that he's actually going to receive? And the real, real brutal, hard fucking truth in this whole situation is you cannot save your brother. So you can be a tool that he can rely on. You can be love and support. But at the end of the day, like he's going to have to do the work. That is just the fucking reality. And so if he is pushing you away, distancing you, lying to you, um, there's nothing you can do about it. You're not going to be able to want it for him. So doing the things that I said um, before, absolutely do all of those. And hopefully he'll be ultra receptive to those. But at the end of the day, if somebody is depressed, if they are in a downward spiral, only they can ultimately pull themselves out of it. Now, you can obviously make resources available to him, things like cognitive behavioral therapy. The fact that he's doing the research on the diet is huge. You can help him with that diet. You can send him links if he's open to that and receptive to it. Um, a lot of times when people get in this state, they get really, they feel really judged as if they're not doing enough when people do things like that. So again, finding out what he's receptive to is going to be huge. And then again, just love, compassion, being there and accept that there's nothing that you can do about it. And um, either he's going to adopt a growth mindset and really go ham with that and realize that no matter how much time um, any of us have, tomorrow is not guaranteed. And so he has to come to that, find that and realize that investing in something that makes him feel badly about his situation, focusing on that, being negative, um, that's just going to take him deeper down that rabbit hole and that there are absolutely people. And in fact, there was a guy that did, I think it was called My Final Lecture. I'm not 100% sure about the name of the book, but it, do a search for My Final Lecture. It was about a college professor who died, if I remember correctly, of liver cancer. And he wrote a book um, and gave a bunch of talks about how he knew he was dying for like a year or something. And so he ends up writing this book. It becomes super cathartic for him to go through that process. So pointing him in directions of things like that. Support groups, that's another one that could be huge. All right, I feel I could just go on and on about this. I will leave it at that. Um, but yeah, support groups could end up being huge. Best of luck, man. You have my fucking heart uh, with you. That is definitely, definitely not easy. 
All right, Starkey19. Hey, Tom, I'm eager to change in my life, and I know you talk about every day being the opportunity to start over. I'm very, very eager to have some incredible change in my life, but don't want to fall into old routines and hang out with the wrong people. I've really struggled with depression in the past, even suicidal thoughts, and I don't want to hit rock bottom again just to turn my life around. Please, any suggestions on how to start? How do I meet new people and surround myself with motivated and driven people? All right, so the first thing is, man, the internet is just an amazing place. Look, it can be a wasteland of emotional desolation, but it can also be a fucking wonderland of people with a growth mindset. And so I will highly encourage you to check out the Impact Theory League on Facebook. There's a lot of rad people there. They're ultra supportive of each other. Um, But finding a group of people like that, I think reality is it's going to start online. Um, So finding people that are like-minded, following um, different people on Instagram or Facebook, seeing who's active in the comments, finding other groups like Impact Theory League, um, that's going to be a great place to start. And then remember that at the end of the day, this all starts with you. And so there's a lot of work that you can do. In fact, I'll say that this begins and ends with you. And even if you never met another person that was encouraging or empowering, that you could still be that for yourself. And focusing your time and energy on doing things that make you proud of you, that is for sure where your the bulk of your energy should be. So it's doing little hard things every day that make you believe in yourself. Um, I think that is massive. And I talked about that earlier in the episode. There are three really super simple things, cold exposure, exercise, diet. If you do those things every day, um, I'll even throw in a fourth, getting out of bed in a timely fashion, if that's something that you struggle with, um, those can be huge. Doing something every day for personal development, setting aside time, even if it's only 30 minutes, but doing it every day relentlessly, um, reading books, which I have my book list. There's 25 books right there, maybe even 27 now, I think, 27 books that you can read in order that will help you build the mindset that you need to be successful. If you do that, you will come out the other side of those 27 books. If you actually take action on them, you will come out the other side a different person. Um, Obviously, there are podcasts and things. If you're listening to this, uh, you're already on the right track. But the key is to actually implement this stuff. And if you're paying attention to the beginning of Impact Theory episodes, I always say that we want to be the place that helps you actually execute on your dreams. And the execution part is the key part. So you actually have to go and do things. It isn't enough just to dream. It isn't enough just to read the books. You actually have to put the stuff into action. And that is my obsession. When I come across something in a book or a podcast that I think is super powerful, I start putting into use right away. I'm literally right away. The second I stop the book for that moment, that day, whatever, I will go and try to use that whenever possible in that day. That is way powerful. Taking action immediately is one of the most under utilize things in the world. It is the only way to create the kind of momentum around that new habit that you want to create. So that is, I think, super, super key. Put it to use. All right. And then as you find these people online, if you can meet them in real life, that's amazing. And I'm sure that there are organizations in your local area, um, assuming, of course, you live in a major city uh, where people are getting together and meeting up. You can, again, start with Impact Theory League. You can ask them, you know, are there any people doing meetups in my area? You will almost certainly find ones. Uh, And if you start going to enough of those, you can go um, to conventions as well as another big thing. There are conventions for everything. And so you can go to a convention and meet other like-minded people. All right. That would be my advice. All right. Glass I-5. You often say your 25 bullet points aren't to be memorized, but how does one create and install a belief system within themselves? I'm struggling to install my own and want to lead by example for my children so they can build and instill their own belief systems so they can beat limiting beliefs brought on by the outside world. Okay, so I I will say truth 
that the 25 bullet points, like you need think no farther than those. So get those going in your life. Make them something that you repeat. Make them something that you live by. Let all of your actions flow through the 25 points of the impact theory belief system. Then once you've mastered those, you may start to find, oh, actually, you know, I don't like bullet point 12 or uh, I'm going to modify bullet point 13. Yeah, absolutely. Do whatever the hell you need to do to feel the most empowered. Um, But that is such an empowering place to start. If you made those 25 changes to your belief system, just already it will be life changing. That that will radically shift your life to actually live in accordance with those 25 beliefs. So um, that was why I wrote them down. I really, it was me like wrenching my soul to figure out how can I make my employee's life better? And so that's where it all started. I wrote that thinking, man, if you do this, you do not need to work for me. You can go work for anybody. If you do the, you start your own fucking company, whatever you want. Like these are the 25 things that I did to my mind to take myself from an employee to a business owner and to really have control of my life. And that was what that was all about. And I've spent a lot of years with those damn things. And I have only but minorly tweak them since coming up with them. So um, I'm open, man. If somebody can come up with even better shit, but like that is such a powerful place to start. Um, Another thing that you might want to look up is Peter Diamandis um, has Peter's Laws. I think those are also rad. Um, I would check those out for sure. And I'm sure that you can find other people that have extraordinary, anything that Tony Robbins puts out. I think his uh, stuff is, is magically delicious. That guy just, yeah, he's got amazing stuff. Definitely check him out. Um, and then if you haven't already read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, get on that shit. That book is so good. And the audiobook is unbelievable. So check out the audiobook. It is him and the author doing it together. The author is, or not the author, but the ghostwriter that helped him write it um, is the one reading. But then he'll interrupt the chapters and actually ask David questions in real time. It's amazing. Uh, Goggins is, is insane. Like, yeah. So between those things, if you read Goggins, if you really get into the impact theory belief system, and my whole thing was don't memorize them and not live them by all means, memorize them. I just don't want people memorizing them and not living them. That would be ass backwards. If you live them, but don't memorize them. Great. Um, and then Peter's loss between those three things, man, you cannot go wrong. All right, guys, unfortunately, that is our time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, if you have questions, please send them in. Um, I love answering these questions. It means the world to me uh, to have your time and attention. I'm ultra, ultra grateful. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much. And by the way, if you would, I'm trying to get this podcast into the top 100 podcasts on iTunes. And to do that, I need people to rate and review. That would mean the world to me. If any of these have ever added value to you, going and rating and reviewing, that would be huge. Um, That is a major 2019 goal for me. So if you want to help, that would be extraordinary. All right. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.